American dairy farmers are happy. Canadian dairy farmers, not so much. This has been one of these big national stories, too. Um, And I think for a long time, people didn't realize how much the dairy, and and we talk about dairy farming so much here on the Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. Of course, dairy farming is a big deal here in Washington State, uh, here in Whatcom County. Uh, where we're at with the, where we host this program from, of course, we talk about Skagit and elsewhere around the state as well. But where we're based here on the on the program, dairy farming is is number one as far as farming goes. Welcome back to the Farming Show on on KGMI. Dylan Honkoop with you here. Uh, th- th- we've been hearing about Trump tariffs, all this stuff, and NAFTA. What's going on with Mexico? And now, most recently, Canada. And uh, kind of, you know, a a big showdown between Donald Trump and Justin Trudeau. And one of the things behind the scenes in all this has been what's going on with dairy regulations or or, or regulations, I guess, around trade, trade deals, um, trade rules, um, tariffs, um, uh, you know how that how milk is classified and who can sell it where and for what price and all this kind of stuff. Um, I, I think the general public has has known there's this kind of fight going on between Canada and the U.S. I think a lot of people haven't realized uh, that a big part of that. You know, there's a ton of different age, auto manufacturing and all kinds of softwood lumber. And by the way, Canada, our biggest uh, export market for everything uh from the united states so it's pretty important what our trade deal is with canada but again a lot of people didn't realize that dairy was a big part of this negotiating uh process here at the at the 11th hour the white house had imposed a deadline and late uh last week we heard uh, that there was some kind of deal struck and part of that was some uh, uh, some uh, uh, concessions, I guess, were made as far as dairy trade policy by Canada, which is why Canadian farmers are apparently not very happy. Uh, American farmers are happy. The Trump administration had been saying, "No, we're gonna. We're, we think uh, the trade rules that Canada has, the trade deal that we have with them, is unfair to American dairy farmers, and we want to see a change there." Apparently, some kind of changes happen. I have never once uh, claimed to really understand how the dairy markets work. It's incredibly complicated, as we've mentioned so many times on the program. By the way, I want to thank uh, our sponsors, Farmers Equipment Company. Uh, Laurel Farm and Western Supply and McAvoy Oil for sponsoring this program, The Farming Show, here on KGMI News Talk 790. And again, I'm Dylan Honkoop. Joining me right now on the phone on this Saturday morning, Lee Milkey. He's a longtime dairy columnist, a uh, longtime radio host in the past as well about all of this, uh, following dairy markets and dairy prices and what's going on around the globe and what's happening with cheese and what's happening with fluid milk and and you know this that and the other thing lee welcome to the program and in your update yesterday uh saw quite a bit of talk about what's going on with this deal with canada how can we boil this down 
incredibly difficult. And every time we talk about the dairy markets, we kind of have to preface it with, hey, just be careful. This is very complicated <laughs> stuff. We will yeah. never, ever be able to get to all the details in the amount yeah. of time we have to chat here this morning. But what's what, what are the basics? I guess let's start with the history on this. Why were American farmers, why was the American dairy community frustrated with, with the trade deal that was going on with Canada? Well, we have to begin with the difference between the dairy industries in the U.S. and Canada. The U.S. has a free market, free enterprise uh, system in place, and dairy farmers are pretty much um, supported by prices. And those prices, as you well know, and we report regularly, go up and down and fluctuate quite wildly. And it's not been a real fun ride for U.S. dairy farmers, but that is part of the free market system. Canada has a quota supply management program in place, and it's the, the uh, dairy farmers are basically dictated to uh, as to how much milk they can produce by a quota system. And a dairy farmer, if it wants to increase his or her milk output, has to buy quota to um, to basically offset that that extra milk basically there is there's not supply and demand in canada well there is i mean you can never get away from supply and demand but that the supply is controlled by the canadian government and their trade authorities to say uh they're only going to be so much milk produced and understanding supply and demand when you limit supply demand is what it is and that means on the whole quite a bit more money for Canadian dairy producers, right? Oh, yes. Dairy, dairy, Canadian dairy farmers uh, make quite a bit more per hundredweight than U.S. farmers do, and they do not have the wild swings as U.S. farmers do. Uh, the downside of that system is a uh, new farmer who wants to begin dairying, uh, he will pay almost as much for the paper, the quota, as he would for the physical farm itself. It's next to impossible to get started a, a new new dairy in Canada, and therefore, um, a lot of Canadian dairy farmers are very happy with that system as it is, and and rightly so. Well, we should and mention some- we should mention consumers too. If I can just butt in again, um, consumers pay the price at the store. This is why we see videos like "Gone in sixty seconds" at Costco, where they put out <laughs> where they put out a pallet of milk and primarily Canadian shoppers whisk that stuff away uh, faster than you could blink an eye. Why yep. is that? They come down here and they're paying, you know, two something, three something a gallon for milk. Well, and, it, and for personal double. experience. It, yeah, it, up yeah, in BC. It's almost double. And, and, and of course, five the, to Canadian six bucks dairy a gallon. Industry, the, the Canadian dairy industry would argue that the quota system does not add value to the product. I, I beg to differ. I, I, I think it does, and you know, evidence is certainly seen at the grocery stores. The other side of the coin is there are a lot of U.S. dairy farmers that envy the Canadian system yeah. and wish we had it on this side. And there have been several attempts in the past to do that, and they've always been soundly defeated. Uh, it's like herding cats to get <laughs> dairy farmers to agree on something. And as Henry Pollander once said, one of my mentors in the dairy industry for many, many years in Whatcom County, he always said to me, uh, dairy farmers are all for supply management as long as it's for their neighbor. And so yep. um, 
that mentality has maybe changed a little bit nowadays considering where prices are today. The, the short story is that we have a different system between the two countries. And Canada was having a butter shortage and was importing a fair amount of butter from the U.S. And I believe it was also importing some fluid milk or what is called milk protein concentrate from some Wisconsin and New York dairies primarily. Well, why, why don't they give more quota than to their own? I mean, I know we can. Yes, once you open I, this can of worms, it can go I'm up getting, for a long I'm, time. And I'm getting to that. Yeah. So the decision was made to increase Canada's quota allotment so that its farmers would increase its their milk production and ensure enough to increase butter output there. One of the byproducts of making butter, if you will, is nonfat dry milk powder, which Canada does not have a lot of use for and needed to get rid of it and did so on the world market mm-hmm. and came up with this so-called Class 6 and Class 7 pricing scheme to basically offer powder on the world market at bargain basement prices. Doing that lowered the global price of powder for the United States and the European Union. Were they un- So they were basically undercutting the market because it was a surplus for them. They didn't yep. need it. Yep, and they needed to get rid of that powder. That, that's a very simplistic uh, explanation, but um, <laughs> that's that's the basic gist of it. So now we have this new trade agreement, and, and it was imperative to keep NAFTA as a three-country agreement. U.S. and Mexico came to an agreement a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> which put a lot of pressure on Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, to rethink, rethink his strategy. And so he gave some concessions to increase uh, a certain amount of uh, imports of U.S. dairy products into Canada and to eliminate its Class 6 and 7 milking, milk pricing scheme. Now, the increase is not a great increase. We're talking about 3.6%. So, yes, Canadian farmers are upset, and, and I can understand why, but I don't know that it's going to amount to a whole lot uh, of threat I don't think you're going to see any difference in prices uh, on either side of the border because of it. Uh, You probably will continue to see Canadian consumers coming down here and and buying milk and cheese and butter. Anyway, there would just be some increased product from the U.S. going up there. There are a lot of details, and as they always say, the devil's in the details. There are a lot of details we don't know yet. From these, you know, from this agreement, it, they, they, it has to be ratified by, um, you know, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has to sign on, and of course the Congress uh, and this side of the border has to sign on to the whole thing. And I assume that that will happen, but that's about all that we can really say right now. Is uh, you know, the it appears to be a plus for the U.S. dairy farmer, but. I'm not sure it's that big a deal. It's not like some silver bullet that's going to buoy these no. these terribly low prices that we have going on. Nope, nope. It, it, you know, the, 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 the elephant in the room, Dylan, remains China. And we're nowhere close <clears throat> to resolving the tariff trade war with China. But it will help to start exporting our cheese to Mexico again. 
and what other products we do export to to Canada, that will certainly help. It'll put it in the right direction. Let me put it that way. This is the Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop with Save Family Farming and Whatcom Family Farmers. In fact, that's where I'm broadcasting from this morning is the offices of Whatcom Family Farmers in wonderful Linden, Washington. On the phone with me this morning, Lee Milkey, longtime dairy columnist, former radio host as well. He's nationally syndicated with his coverage of the dairy markets, but he is based here in Linden uh, as well and as you noticed him mention Henry Polander very connected to the local uh, dairy community as well as what's going on nationally and globally with these prices so let's talk about the milk price Lee where where are things at I heard things have come up ever so slightly that's a little bit of relief but it's still a long way off from where a lot of operations even here in Whatcom County need the price to be to be able to break even or to, uh, heaven forbid we have our dairy farmers actually make a little bit of profit so they can pay some bills they can actually you know support their families. Exactly, exactly. Well, the September federal order benchmark milk price was announced this week at, at 16.09 per hundred weight. <clears throat> That's up a dollar 14 from September, but it's still 27 cents below a year ago. It's the highest class 3 price since November of last year. So it's going in the right direction, but then class 3 futures are portending the October price to Back down a little bit to 1581. November is back up at 1603. In December, back down at 1595. So um, it's it's good news, but it's you know nothing to write home about. Don't break out the champagne yet. We're yeah. still uh, not out of the woods on milk prices for our U.S. dairy farmers. Canada has two more months left under its state order pricing system, and they will become a part of the federal order program as well and remains to be seen what impact that might have on prices as well don't have an answer on that yet um and and before we talked uh, about the specific prices you were talking about what's going on with china and again here's another national story trade issues uh trump trying to donald trump our president trying to negotiate things and and issuing tariffs and then retaliatory tariffs and of course his big target is china and that's for a lot of different things we hear talk about steel and other consumer goods and all kinds of stuff um the retaliatory tariffs a bunch of them have been against agriculture other things as well but uh, t- retaliatory tariffs on the part of, of China, one of the things has been dairy products. A lot of people, um, you know, Trump, Donald Trump opponents are trying to say, farmers, you need to be, you know, condemning this president and what he's doing. Other people are saying, well, this is all part of the game. Of course, dairy farmers are worried. They don't want to be in the crosshairs and be uh, collateral damage from a, a much bigger picture thing that's going on globally between the United States uh, and China. Uh, ultimately, if we're seeing, you know, the price inching up, not jumping as as we hope for and as as farmers really need how is that able to be happening even while while there's this pressure from these tariffs and and what's been going on with that you would think things would be slumping even further down how does that all play out lee well global trade is very very complicated and it's not easily fixable and a lot of it stems from uh how the trade agreements were fashioned after World War II. The United States was attempting to help the rest of the world rebuild 
and recover from the war. And so a lot of these trade agreements were written to the detriment of the United States. And I think, and this is a very simplistic explanation, but it's bottom line, the president has said we have $21, $22 trillion in debt. We can't afford to be the bank and the purse for the rest of the world. And we need to start taking another look at these trade agreements and making sure that they work to our advantage and not just foreign countries. And Whatcom County berry farmers got a taste of that Mm -hmm. this year. And we saw a lot of berries come in from Mexico. And this was brought out, the differences in wages, for instance, what our Whatcom County berry farmers pay its employees versus what, you know, Mexican workers are paid in Mexico. That plus issues like what chemicals and sprays and herbicides and things like that can be not used in the United States, but can be used in Mexico and other foreign countries. How do you offset that uh, unequal uh, allowance there? Uh, It's not done very easily, but it needs to be done somehow, some way. And I'm hoping, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm hoping and I think that the president is on the right track. Interesting comment. Uh, what was it in late August uh, from Dairy Farmers of Washington? Dwayne Faber, uh, he's a dairy farmer down in Burlington. He actually grew up here in Whatcom County, um, and he had an interesting comment. He said, "Trade is always so tricky because you can protect one industry, but it can come at the expense of another." There's a yeah. saying that when goods cross borders, armies don't. And and he continued. He said, "I think there's some value in that. There's some unifying about having tra- uh, free trade among countries." He says. I'm fine with renegotiating trade deals. Trade deals. It will be painful, but in the end, I'm confident in our ability to provide the best agriculture products in the world at competitive prices. Uh, interesting um, commentary from a dairy farmer who, you know, dairy farmers, again, stand a lot to lose if China's going to fire back with retaliatory tariffs, yep. which yep. isn't necessarily part of a specific strategy to change world trade, but more of a lashing out and, and trying to hit soft target so to speak that that they think politically will have an impact here in this country um and again and dairy industry is pretty worried about being you know the one that has to take a bunch of the collateral damage but uh, folks like Dwayne and others also committed to that larger process seeing the bigger picture there saying we're willing to buckle up and hang on for the ride if we can be a part of this process right right and i think that's uh, that's the right attitude to have uh that said i also think it's imperative that we look at our farmers and make sure that we're we're not gambling with their livelihoods. We haven't learned the lesson. I think we're starting to learn a lesson of how dependent we are and vulnerable we are to importing oil. And um, you know we're we're seeing our industries move offshore, and and we're thinking we got to reverse that. And yeah. and food is is the bottom line. We can't afford to start importing food from other countries and let our farmers go out of business. We've got to preserve our farmers. And, you know, that's not always easy to do in a true capitalistic free market enterprise way of doing things. Um, We believe the person who can produce it the cheapest and the best should be the one who does it. But when it comes to food, um, 
you well, know, the issue the issue there, and we're just about out of time. Talking with Lee Milky right now, dairy uh, markets columnist, nationally syndicated but locally based here in Whatcom County. Um, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, f- let free trade do its thing, but the playing field has to be level, and I think that's what we're talking about. Once you have a level playing field, then let the free trade, let the let the supply and demand um, take things away uh, and and, and go ahead, go fair. ahead. But the, it's that the be fair fair trade. Exactly. In order for it to really be free trade, and and that's what we're missing right now is as an equal playing field as far as labor standards around the world, as far as environmental standards around the world, et cetera, et cetera. When those things aren't the same, trade isn't really tr- uh, free and fair, um, and so that that capitalistic uh, process is skewed by all that. And you hit the nail on the head, Lee. Uh, we cannot afford as a nation to have our food go offshore, but that is exactly what's happening right now. Uh, over 50%, over half of the fruit that we consume in this country right now is produced in foreign countries. Over 30-some percent, over a third of the veggies that we consume in this country is produced overseas. And, and I don't have uh, numbers on that for things like milk, etc. And I know we produce a lot of that here at home, but we can't afford to have that go overseas as well, I think for a lot of different reasons. And that's what's happening. We need to turn that around and 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 for a big part of that the general public has to become aware and even be making different decisions when they're purchasing at the store you know where does this really come from what what does the label say is the country of origin is there and here's another thing is there even a label on that product we've seen that fight over beef um what's that fight going to be over milk what's that fight going to be over cheese what about berries what about veggies it goes on and on from there and i think the american consumer is ready to start paying more attention to where their food and where the products they buy come from lee milky uh, again uh, a longtime columnist former radio host on dairy issues you've been plugged into this for decades we appreciate your expertise on this and, and your continued following of of what's happening in the world of uh, politicians and markets and traders and all of that uh thanks for your time on the program this morning you bet dylan anytime